And I found that every time, every time I clenched tighter, it felt even better. <laughs> oh, and then, and then, it, and then, it, then it broke off. We just kind of had to, had to end it there. Oh, oh, hi! Welcome, everyone. You, you join us here on another sunny summer afternoon. Didn't see you there for the, uh, for the. Well, I mean, we did. We're in a white room. Uh, for the, we just pretended we didn't see you because we don't see color. Uh, <laughs> God. Oh, no. Welcome to Big Damn Cast. I'm Big Damn Chris, aka Yesterday's News. I'm Big Damn Matt, aka the one good man left in the entertainment industry. It's very true. You are the only non-creep. Yeah, it's um, a lie. I'm a, yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's not that you're not a creep. It's just your creep is public. You don't hide your creep. Yeah, yeah, I don't hide my creep. Yeah, no, it, um, it is. It is, anno- it is annoying now. Like people are going, "Oh, there's no good people left in Hollywood." It's like, no, it's just a minority of you're just hearing about the sleazeballs horrible people and we'll talk about the sleazeballs in a little while because we've got a big old DC roundup with Justice League around the corner as of the release of this podcast Justice League is out in cinemas but we're recording this on Wednesday the 15th of November so reviews are starting to appear Um, there aren't any early preview screenings and we'll both be watching this I think tomorrow the 16th I think is I think when we're uh, sorry the 16th the 18th is I think when we're both getting our eyes around the movie probably see it on the Friday Uh, so if you want to know what we think of Justice League Next week, boys and girls, yep. we'll go, we'll dive elbow deep into spoiler territory. Yeah, uh, but we've got a bunch of Justice League news to talk about this week, uh, and also we're going to touch a little bit on uh, what happens when you hide something between the lines in a certain family uh, publication. Yeah, but first. Just before we started recording... News just in! Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and the Deadpool Twitter account both put out a Bob Ross art video. <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? Hilarious Deadpool jinx. So we both clicked on it just now, like about a minute before we started recording, yeah. and lo and behold, the viral marketing genius of this movie franchise continues. Say what you will about whether this movie's going to be good or not. Yeah. They know how to market the fuck out of it. Oh, good lord. Like, the amount of material... For the first Deadpool that was created for before, after, and during the release period was amazing. The Blu-ray is full of like continuous shorts that they filmed for like cancer awareness and things like that. Like they 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 marketed the film by getting involved with the peels, but then they also had like these trailers and that. And you just get the feeling they set aside a couple days where they go right, Ryan, get in the costume. Here's roughly what we're gonna do. Improvise. Or was it more a case of Ryan going, Hey guys, I want to put the costume on and you want to just roll the camera? Well, it's like Halloween, was it? Like for Halloween, uh, the year before, like tw- uh, Halloween 2015. Yeah. He just went out trick or treating with a bunch of kids dressed as the X Men. Like, it was all it was planned. I don't mean Ryan Reynolds just creeped up some kids dressed as the X Men. <laughs> hey kids, you want to go trick or treating? But it was just like, This movie's not out for another six months and here you are selling it to us in the weirdest way imaginable. This well, is great. You know, he's definitely thrown himself behind it in a way that. A lot of stars kind of don't past a certain point. You <laughs> it's know? very true. Uh, and he continues to do so with the release of... Because it turns out this Bob Ross video isn't just a little sketch. It's the teaser trailer for Deadpool 2. Yeah. Slap bang in the middle, a bunch of really fast-paced, mostly to guns being reloaded or fired footage of Deadpool. Cheeky bit of Domino was in there briefly. Yeah, there was a bit, a bit of, of Weasel. Negasonic. Negasonic Teenage Warhead. I'm sure it's by Cable in at least one shot. Maybe. A bunch is, of vehicles is, no, smashing into each other. Cable. Yes, oh yeah. A bunch of vehicles smashing into each other, Wade popping out of a coffin, Blind Al, Blind Al packing lead. Throwing up a chainsaw in the air. Yeah, oh god. So, just, you know, general, uh, standard Deadpool stuff. 
<laughs> also, like the names of the colours, absolutely duck brown. Just like the fu- but the best one is obviously Betty White. Yellow. It's like you got to get Betty White in that yellow snow. Yellow snow, and Betty White, <laughs> Clockwork Orange, <laughs> Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Basically, oh my days. This movie's. I think it's a similar release date. It's like February, March. I believe so. Yeah. So, oh, it might be shortly after Black Panther. That'll be fun. So we get our first super serious Marvel movie in a while, like compared to this year's sort of comedy offerings. Yeah. And then Deadpool comes in and goes, hey, it's a bit of relief. It's a bit of nonsense. After all that badassery, here's some badassery with a smirk and a turd in his pants. From that teaser trailer, I'd I'd be surprised. Maybe (laughs) maybe there are characters in it that are bringing a more gritty seriousness to it. Maybe Cable's really serious and everyone else thinks he's a fucking idiot. That would be magical. <laughs> I know Colossus is back in it as well, so you'll still get some of that righteous oh, superhero, yeah, yeah. like inspiring, speechifying, and everything. Oh, uh, I loved Colossus. It was such a great yeah. interpretation. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, are hardcore fans of Colossus got really annoyed about it. It was like, oh no, you just turned him into a joke. It's like the guys, whole movie's a joke. Like the whole movie's a joke, and also at least he's a nice guy compared to what they've done with a lot of your other favorite characters. And also, trust me, I've been reading comics for my entire adult life and most of my childhood life. <laughs> If you take it seriously, if you take it too seriously, that way lies madness. Indeed, that, that way lies absolute. But you've got to, particularly superhero comics. Like I'm not saying that comics are, are, are a medium you can't tell serious stories in. Of course they are, but superhero comics, for the most part, you can't take that shit seriously. Mm. No, you'll go insane. <laughs> But enough about uh, Justice League's fan base. Wrecked. Oh! <laughs> More on that later. Um, <laughs> uh, first, let's talk about another comic magazine publication. Uh, Doctor Who magazine, for those who don't know, is a magazine about Doctor Who. Really? Yeah, I think we're all caught up to speed there. Uh, in the most recent issue, issue 418, um, I believe. I should probably check. No, six. Wait, four. Yeah, I was thinking 400 is not. 518. It's 518. That's right. Because that thing's been going since the mid 70s. Uh, yeah, it was late 70s with Doctor Who Weekly, yeah. wasn't it? My uh, dad's Mar- got... Marvel Comics Doctor Who presents Doctor Who Weekly. My dad. No, it wasn't Marvel. It was only Marvel in the States. Was it? it yeah. Because oh, yeah. Marvel neat. in the States published the strips as a comic right okay um, but the magazine I think, was, I think it was Panini probably originally but I've yeah, got my, some issues in a box like in here I should probably we could, we could check when I'm too my lazy dad's got the and first, it's a very heavy box my dad's got the first <laughs> I think the first uh, he's got from the from the first issue to just before season 26 okay so a complete one a, a, a pretty damn yeah, a good, big a chunk, good of, chunk uh, of a near decade a near decade of original yeah. Doctor Who magazine. But I've got quite a few there's, in that box. There, there's quite a few of the from the Davison run. Um, I've not a proper. I keep meaning yeah. to get to get a proper magazine size long box for him and go through them with him and, and bag and board them all. But mm. I've just not never had time. But I'm, I'm going to do that with him at some point. Sure, I've got a long box you can borrow. I need a magazine size one though, not a comic. Ah, yeah, one. good point. Yeah, oh, of course. And magazine size backboards. So, ah, yeah, because it's uh, magazine format, not comic format. <laughs> well, anyway, it, it might be that. For now. For now. Well, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. That's um how for now. Oh, God. Full... <laughs> <laughs> Is that a how-to reference? Yeah. Oh, my God. Hi, younger listeners. You all don't know what you missed out on. Um, full disclosure, I contribute to the Doctor Who magazine article time team. 
I am not a member of staff at Doctor Who magazine. No. Collusion! Nor this is do about I, ethics nor in do Doctor I know, Who journalism! Nor do I know a bunch of the goings-on at Doctor Who magazine internally. All I know is the people who I collaborate with for my article, and I have gotten to know some of the staff members. You're a freelance contributor yes. on a semi-regular basis. Indeedy doody da. Um... So I was as amazed as you were, gentle listeners slash reader, to find a hidden message in issue 418's The Watcher article, um, titled Watcher, conveniently enough, uh, which Watcher. said at the end of the article, in fact, I've got a copy of 418 here, uh, said at the end... He just keeps it around for David Tennant's face on the front. If you look hard enough, there's always something hidden in plain sight. Some people took that challenge as a suggestion there was something in the article. And that thing was a hidden message where if you combine the first letter of every sentence in the main article of that page, it creates the phrase Panini Don't say it. and BBC Worldwide Don't say it. are a very nasty word, which we yeah. will repeat in this context, but we do say often. Um, mm. Now, it's come out since Sausages. that The Watcher, I wish, uh, The Watcher was uh, Barnaby Edwards. No, Nicholas Pegg. Sorry, I don't want to blame Barnaby Edwards there. One of the two Dalek operators is Nicholas Pegg. Um, so who, that one, not the other one. Yes, so yeah, one Dalek operator, not t'other. Uh, Nicholas Pegg had been contributing as The Watcher for a while. Uh, he's done loads of stuff with Big Finish, and he's one of the two Dalek operators, alongside Barnaby Edwards, who I just accidentally threw under the bus for being it's something not he's not. It's not Barnaby, it's Nicholas. Um, and, yeah, that's now come out, and it's also come out that, yeah, that article's not carrying on. But it also looks like BBC Worldwide and Panini have been strangling it in some way, possibly. There's been some kind of business stuff that has pissed him off. Hence why he decided to drop this. There is belief that this might have been the like the last article of The Watcher anyway. Yeah. And that's why he did this, to sort of like throw a middle finger at, at his bosses. Um, not so sure. But I just wanted to bring it up because it was really weird to read that as someone who contributes to the magazine. Yeah. I did not know how to feel. Because at the same time, I've worked in environments where non-creative people have been in charge of creative content and have forced it into corners and it's really unpleasant and you get really frustrated. So part of me was like, ha, yeah. take that. And then the rest of me was like, that's a really stupid move. Because at the end of the day, the reason why it's stu- most, the most stupid is this is a family magazine. Yeah. It's a Panini-run family magazine that is made with permission, like with the permissions of an occasional cooperation with BBC Worldwide. It's licensed. Yeah. So them, yeah, yeah. Um, so if a kid were, I mean, it's hidden, but if a kid were to decipher that, they've just learnt a really unpleasant word. Well, I think if a kid did decipher that, they'd already know what that word had meant. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Let's let's face it. But in the age of the internet, the moment anyone was going to find that out, it's at least one person yeah. was going to put it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And that is the case. It seems like Nicholas has been fired from any further contributions, and there's even rumour that he's been fired from BBC Wales as well as a Dalek operator. No confirmation of that, but considering BBC Worldwide have a stake in BBC Wales and BBC Studios... It's quite likely One that they imagine, do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know. Obviously, I don't have any insight into what's going on behind the scenes. But as a fan, I have not been. I've been quite critical of the way that BBC Worldwide have been handling the Doctor Who franchise mm, yeah. um, and the production and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, I mean, we were very complimentary about class their sort of latest attempt to milk some more from the sort of limping mass that has become Doctor Who after it was revitalised and then now it's gone all it's gone to shit yeah and it need, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm partly excited for the 
the, the new take on it, especially after the costume came out this week. On yes, um, oh, which which, which we, we should yeah. we should, uh, nicely let let us let us yeah. segue towards it. But just wanted to mention DWM. Watch this space. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next as a publication. Because I I am as if anything, I am as in the dark as you lot for the majority of this stuff. Um, but I have a feeling that freelance contributors like myself are about to play a lesser role um, because it means less risk. So uh, let's find out what happens. It would suck if if that was it for articles like Factor Fiction and Time Team. And I'm not, just, I'm not just saying suck, that because yeah. you know I'll contribute to one of them. But it would suck because Factor Fiction is my favorite article in the magazine. Yeah. I love Factor Fiction, but I, I believe that is an outside contribution. So that sucks. Um, yes. But it doesn't suck. Jodie's costume. Now we did do a little sneaky peek about that on yeah. YouTube last week when it came out because uh, we'd already recorded last week's episode. Let's talk about it. When I first looked at it, I was like, yeah, okay. Alright. I don't hate it, but I'm not in love with it. A few days later, I actually really like it. It's and do you know what do you know what's grower. Do you know what cemented it for me though? What's that? The fan art. Weirdly yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Seeing people's interpretations of it, like it's the closest we're gonna get for a while to seeing it in motion. Yeah. And it looks cool. Now, obviously, you know, a, a drawing on Tumblr is not necessarily an indication of exactly how the costume is going to be shot and lit and how well, it looks yeah, in motion. Yeah. And, 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 and part of costume design for TV and film is so is as much about how it looks statically as it looks in motion. Yeah. Um, She's got well a silhouette, though, which yeah. is always important, for, yeah. for, especially for characters Don't like the Doctor. Because what was, what was unique about the, the 12th Doctor silhouette? Mm. Um, exactly. Right. Well, it got unique when they let him grow his hair out and wear a yeah. hoodie occasionally. Then it was sort of like, oh, there's a bit of a shape here. But that was kind of it, really. Um, Eleven, th- Eleven had the sort of the gangliness and the slightly too short trousers with the big boots. Yeah, and, 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 the, and the, the little the, the like sort of crop tweed and jacket the tie, and the bow tie, which yeah. you know it doesn't sound like it's putting a silhouette, but actually it kind of does because it gives him that shape, that extra mm. bit around the neck. And just sort of what, and what we mean in case people are like confused, it's like silhouette is sort of it's a design term really re- referring to um, like if you were to just literally paint the character black like a shadow, yeah. could you tell who that character was? Yeah, um, it's I mean, not it's not the, the be all and end all of character design, but it, it does lend obviously a very distinct quality to each thing. If you can look at the shadow and go, oh, I know who that is. Like if you saw Darth Vader's shadow, you go, oh, yeah, that's yeah. Darth Vader. Yeah, if I mean you... most of the most of the Doctors, you can do that. Yeah, um, we're, we're looking at some of them now. Yeah, I'm just looking up at them and thinking, probably the only one who doesn't have a really distinct silhouette is Eccleston, but that's fine because... Mm. But when you line him up amongst the other silhouettes of his ilk, yeah. you know who it is. You know who it yeah. is. But, because, but because that's also, they, when they brought the show back, it was it was necessarily stripped down so the audience could get their head around it and then they went mental with it, mm-hmm. which, is, which is why that sort of, that Russell T. Davis resurgence worked. And then you look at the, the 12th Doctor, it's just like, it's just a bit bland design-wise. It's man in coat. I mean, even the... the, the even the David Tennant Doctor is... Oh, well, yeah, well, the, like, the, the, the suit that's sort of, like, um, weirdly tight and crinkled yeah, and at the it corners. it looks like a plain and... design at first glance. But when you think about it in terms of silhouette, you've got the long coat and the tight suit and the glasses. The hair. And that, just like that little quiff. Yeah, it, yeah, because, yeah, again, like, he goes through sort of the, the quiffs yeah. or the spikes and things like that. Glasses and... It, it, so it's a really simple, yeah. clean design, but it's actually... It's become iconic because of its mm-hmm. simplicity. And um, I think that's what's nice about Jodie's. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's sort of following the Twelfth Doctor, 
the, the 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 mission they set themselves when they put it together. Capaldi said he was he had a big input in his costume. Yeah, his, his first costume, uh, which again was sort of like John Pertwee light. Yeah, like it was like stripped down Pertwee. I liked that first costume. And the reason why he he did that is he said he wanted to make it easy for fans to replicate. Yeah, he said he, he wanted a simple stripped down outfit and one that you could easily mimic. Because mm-hmm. admittedly, if you wanted to cosplay the Twelfth Doctor's like original outfit, maybe the hardest thing to find would be the coat. Or it'd be easy to find a coat, but then you've got to sew a red lining into it. Yeah. Like there's there's only sort yeah, of one yeah. piece of work you have to do. Aside from that, waistcoat or or cardigan, white shirt, tight black pants, boots, or school shoes. Even like yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. You've you know you've you've got it. Um, but it seems Jodie's is a similar thing. It's a very straightforward. I mean, I say straightforward. People... I say I say easy to get hold of. It's one of those things where immediately people have gone, oh, that T-shirt's from there, and that's yeah. from there. And you're like, wow, these are very expensive items that a costume designer's obviously gone, I'm going to justify the bill we've been given. <laughs> and they buy very expensive items in bulk. People have already, you know, <laughs> they've already started cosplaying this. Yes. Because, again, um, it's straightforward. Like, I, I, it's... What I like about it, as I said to you on Twitter, is mm. it's it's kind of clownish. Which yeah. is one of the best, a lot of the best Doctor Who costumes is an element of the clown in them. Yeah. Not the painted face clown, but the sort of the theatrical clown. Yeah. Um, with the with the sl- the two big pants and well, the braces um, and the stripes uh, on the obviously, shirt. Obviously, obviously, second Baker and McCoy, like yeah. it's an immediate thought. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Tom's outfits yeah. like have that thing of they're quite smart, but then he just wears them in a way that isn't right. And it's the big scarf and yeah. the teeth and the curls as well. Yeah, and then the of... big wide brimmed hats yeah. and the um, way the way he flounces around with his scarf and everything. And, and even to an extent, I think Davison's slightly clownish. Troughton's very so, clownish. Oh, he's not very colourful. Troughton, absolutely. But yeah. it's, the, it's the big baggy pants. Troughton's Chaplin Yeah, it's Chaplin. Yeah. It's that kind of clown. Yeah, um, and I think there's an element of that to it. Davison sort of is just because he's in a he's in an outfit you don't normally walk around in, yeah, but then he's ca- then he's capped it yeah. off with like a big coat to be like, see, this fits in perfectly. Yeah. It's like ah, you look a bit silly. Um, so I think that's what what excites me about the costume is that sort of feel of it mm. gives a suggestion of a bit more of a funness to the yeah. character, which is there, and also that disarming quality that the Doctor has. Yeah. Um, which is... fr- friend of the show, Guy Lambeau, pointed yeah. out on Twitter, uh, it's very, like, rainbow. It's very 70s yeah. kind of thingy. And wouldn't it be interesting if the family of, of, you know, the co-stars of the show that we've been introduced to now, would it be interesting if their present day, so, like, the show's grounded present day, was the 70s? Mm. Rather than present day, like, London, as it always flipping is. Like, that would be different. And it's a time travel show, why wouldn't you try and do something like that? Yeah, that would be great. Like this is, would this be the first time since sort of I guess forgetting aliens? Probably since Jamie, Jamie, really, isn't it? Is Jamie the last companion who's from a different time to the present of the main show who wasn't um, an alien? He might be. I think he was. Yeah, um, I can't. I can't think of any other like like because the Clara that the show went with was a present day version of yeah, the character. Clara. Um, and like you know, forgetting. Nissa and Tegan Adric and everyone because they're they're like, you know, like either aliens or present day, just not from England and things like that. But yeah. but like Nissa, Adric, and Turlo were all aliens. Yeah. Um, or Turlo wasn't originally, and he sort of retconned him into it. I think. Yeah, yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, because it's Black Guardian stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then, um, snap. Well, yeah, I'm trying to think. For oh no, Leela. Ah, uh, like... alien though. She's an alien. Yeah, but she's well, sort of based off of an archetype of like. I think she was like a human. 
which was human descended from humans and ruined on an alien planet so technically alien yeah but oh, but, but it's not it's, 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 yeah, it's yeah. not the earth's past thing it's just reminiscent of yeah, the sun yeah. past so you know that would be different and kind of cool and also explain her outfit because it means she's sort of blending into that time and the fashions of that time and everything yeah. so that'd be nice I think it's a cool look and I'm interested to see what it looks like in motion and what she does with the character I'm 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 more optimistic about the show now than I have been in a long time. Yeah. Only nine months to wait to see any of it. Oh, I'll tell you what I'm not optimistic about. Oh. So Justice League is coming out as we said, and um, the the social media embargo is up. So pe- so critics have been posting their impressions on Twitter and such. I think the printing bag goes up now as well, so proper reviews have started coming out. Yeah. However, yeah. oh, you won't be seeing its Rotten Tomatoes score until Friday evening. That is disgusting. So Rotten Tomatoes are holding back mm. the the aggregate score for now, Justice League to reveal on their own streaming show at, at like midnight on Thursday. Oh God, what if it's terrible? Well, they'll be eating their own words. Then what? They'll be like. This is great because it doesn't matter if people bought tickets, but as far as that streaming show goes, how embarrassing would that be if they were like, and it's in, and it's it's 36% well, rotten. Oh, God. Like well, that'd be, um, oh. I mean, we ragged on Disney last week for like controlling cinema, but this is Warner Brothers controlling their own press. They have a stake yeah. in, in their own Rotten Tomatoes. Which is why it was hilarious last year when people were slagging off Warner Brothers going, get rid of Rotten... No, they weren't slagging off Warner Brothers, they were slagging off Rotten Tomatoes going, yeah, get, yeah. Rid of, get rid of Rotten Tomatoes because like, they're slagging off Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. And it's like, right, two things. One, Rotten Tomatoes don't make the scores. No. They are an, an aggregate. aggregate. They are a website that like mathematically puts all the big like media scores together. It's like Metacritic. And, uh, yeah. And, and it shows you roughly what the response has been critically and amongst fans. That's yeah. what it's for. Also, you're complaining about it attacking two DC movies who were run by Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers have a very big stake in Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Do you think they're doing it on purpose? Of course they're not. It's an aggregate, for Christ's sake. But despite the protests to the contrary, I think mm. they might be doing this yeah. on purpose. Yeah, this is this is gross. Like, is this is gross. really gross. Like, Just let us see the scores. And also... If they're not worried about the scores, if they know they've got a good film on their hands, why, why? are they holding them back till after? But after at least a third of its opening weekend audience have gone to see it. Whereas by con- it's we the third the first third will have seen it by Friday evening or will be seeing it yeah. that night. So, like, who are you who who are you trying to hold this back from, guys? Whereas by contrast, Disney have got out ahead of Last Jedi uh, mm. and clearly showing confidence in it because they've turned around and Ryan Johnson and said, "Okay, you're going to make another Star Wars trilogy." Yeah, which I was gonna, so, I was going to suggest we talk about. I think we say that for a later time, to be honest, because it's, it's oh, we'll, we'll that's all about, we know. That and a, yeah, and a TV we'll ta- show. We'll talk about that closer to the time. Um, you and McGregor Obi Wan trilogy. That's my vote. Yay! Um, um, so <laughs> I think there's it's a big difference between a studio that's going to go that's getting out ahead of its movie Sorry, just... and showing its confidence. <laughs> showing its confidence. Obi Wan, we need you to help with the secret mission. I'm in exile. It's not going to no, be. Please, Obi-Wan. please come on a secret mission. I'm in exile. I don't want to. It's just three movies of it's three movies of him sat in his his little house. On Tatooine. Listen. Turning down missions. I don't want to piss on your party. <laughs> but that's not going to happen. Well, if he's in at least one, if he's in at least one, I'd be very happy. It'll be nice to go to public, I reckon. Yeah. But anyway. <gasps> um, Ooh. Or something along those lines. Because they've not really, they've, re- they've made references mm. in the new canon to that period, but they haven't really nailed down a lot of it. 
Yeah, I mean, even even in like Rogue One and stuff yeah. as well. Like because talk, the, talking about uh, what's the planet with the kyber crystals and Jed, everything? Jed, uh, Jeddah. Jeddah. Like even yeah. talking about Jeddah is sort of suggesting yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, we're gonna maybe explore the history and of this thing. And some like point. prehistory stuff in Rebels yeah. as well. Um, I need to catch up on that. Also, the, the Old Republic MMO that's going at the moment—that's not canon. New material still being done for it, but it's not mm. canon anymore. Okay. Um, so that'd be an interesting place to experience. And like, you can't really go anywhere else unless you just go to an unconnected part of the galaxy. But what story are you gonna tell? Anyway, that's beside <laughs> the point. So it, it's just an interesting difference between like a studio that will that will hold back its <laughs> pressing bag until the last minute, and then a studio that's going like, "Yeah, we like this movie so much that isn't even out until December that we're just gonna get the guy to do three more." Yeah, it's like, hey everyone, just letting you know, we are so proud of the product he's made, we're giving him more work. Yeah. Just so you oh, know. Bye everyone. And guaranteed as well, Star Wars comes out on the 17th? 14th. 14th. Oh my god, it's less than it on the 14th of December, yeah. 14th of December. Um, so it comes out a couple of weeks before Christmas. Yeah. And um, guaranteed the reviews for Last Jedi will start showing up at the very latest, like the 7th of December. That's when the reviews will start yeah, coming I out. Yeah, I so. Um... Which is again shows confidence. Thor Ragnarok. The reviews came out like a good couple of weeks before the film came out in the UK. So like America have been looking at reviews for a month, going, "Oh, cool! Can't wait to see it." Oh yeah. And you know, just uh, uh, uh. so this is slimy, and it doesn't bode well for the movie. However, some reviews have made it out. Now, my experience, the review so far has been a couple of YouTube reviews. I watched Collider's, Chris Stuckman's, and Jeremy Jarns. Yeah. Uh, and then after I bleached my eyes, I, um, <laughs> I oh god. Well, here's the thing. I, no disrespect to these people, they make a living doing this stuff. But Collider always strike me as kind of like they're just sort of going, "Here are things we know about a film. Do you like it, guys? Cool. Do you think okay. they're a little sycophantic yeah. in that they probably don't are not completely honest about what they want? I don't think they give a shit. I think they just say what they need to say to keep being being promoters yeah, for stuff. Yeah. Um, Chris Stuckman and Jeremy Jones don't have that kind of stake in it. But all the same, I think they're annoyed at the response they get to criticisms of DC movies. So their reviews for Justice League and Collider's were just sort of... Ray Fisher's uh, really good. He does well. Um, Gal Gadot's cool. Uh, I wish we'd seen a bit more of Flash and Aquaman. Um, uh, uh, Steppenwolf's kind of cool. Uh, all in all, this is. Uh, I, think, I think they're on the right track. Uh, it's a pretty fun movie. Go check it out. And it's like, wow, you're... You're just trying not to say anything that will get you some hate. But guaranteed their comment sections will still be full, full of people going like, Marvel shows! Because, as we've talked before, there is a very, very loud vocal minority of the DC film fan base that are just toxic, vile, nasty people. Just get fucked. Like, just Pe- get fucked. People who are like... I mean, for example, um person we both really enjoy, Bob Chipman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Movie Bob put out Bob. his review on Twitter. And one of the first responses... Just call him like a talentless fuck and everything, and it's like you've not you've not seen the movie yourself. Why are you defending this why are you movie? De- why are you defend? And do you think the movie would want to be defended this way? It's all these people are like Batman's badass, Superman's fucking cool. It's like yeah. Do you know how they um, solve problems by doing the right thing and not being twats about it? <laughs> oh wait, no, no, they're supposed to do that, but your version doesn't do that, do, do they? Your versions are assholes. Um, it's sort of if you go back and you look at you look at previous Zack Snyder movies. There is a culture of people who come to his defence for all of his previous movies so that do that in that same way. They're like, if you don't like Sucker Punch and you're fucking stupid and gay. It's like, whoa! 
what? It's just so odd. So it's this weird bro culture. It's so toxic. That's merged with this culture of DC fans who are so annoyed that another company from the same place is doing well. Yeah, yeah. That they will violently defend their movies regardless of whether they're good films. Because that's the thing. There's nothing wrong with enjoying a movie. Oh, no. But of course not. if other people have a problem with it, that's fine too. Like, plain and simple. I, just That's how it is. But also, you can enjoy a movie and it not be a good movie and you know it's not a good movie. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that's fine too. But these people are like, it's a fucking masterpiece. Marvel's budget cock-sucking fuckers. And it's like, whoa! I love your angry internet oh, person voice. God, I just... I, I just... I have no time for I want to round them up into a tiny box and just smile at them. Throw them into the Phantom Zone. Just smile at them all. No, I just want to smile at them. And they'll be like, why is he smiling? Why is he fucking smiling? I'm like, because I'm happy. I'm kind of content over here. Because I love you all. You could be like this too. You could be happy too. It's great. Being happy is fine. And then, yeah, cast them off into the Phantom Zone. (laughs) I will find him! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You! And then one day, your fucking ass! Off he spins. But Bob Chipman, Movie Bob. Movie Bob. Put out a statement which I think meets what we're both expecting from this movie. Um, Wasn't it comparing Batman v Superman? Uh, The the experience of watching Batman v Superman and Justice League. I think, I think, I can't remember the quote exactly, but it was something like, uh, so Batman v Superman was a goblet of boiling piss. (laughs) Justice League is a goblet of room temperature piss. It's gross, and you shouldn't swallow it, but it won't actively hurt you on the way down. Okay, so what he's basically saying is, it's shit, but it's not as terribly shit as the last one. It's not as bad as BVS, but it's less interesting, because it's not. It's just less interesting. Yeah, we've said this before on the show, like, like the worst kind of movie is a boring movie. And it sounds like... Like a terrible a movie, movie is less of a crime than a boring movie because at least a terrible movie makes you feel something and you can yeah. talk about it. I mean, we'll, we'll see for ourselves next week. Mm. We'll, be able to, we'll be able to talk for it. So I don't want to get too much into the... Uh, or too much more into... It's all like, about the he said, she said yeah. bullshit! I mean, we'll, we will be able to judge for ourselves next week, but it seems from the initial reactions that most of my worries about this movie have been borne out. And that's a shame because I wanted it to be good and I wanted it to be a course correction. But again, we'll be able to see for ourselves next week. There's not really much more we can do until we see it. Uh, There is one thing I am looking forward to about the movie, though, absolutely. Trying to spot the Henry Cavill CGI'd upper lip shots. I've heard that's a bit... That's like Uncanny Valley-esque in parts. Yeah. So, But we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll be able to talk about it. All I'm saying is, do you remember when there was... Back in the day, everyone was going, well, you should have him come back and he should have like long hair and a beard and all that. Maybe they should have gone with that. Because at least that... At least a moustache and reshoots can be hidden amongst a beard. Yeah, but it might might have been a case of it being (laughs) shot out of order. So the stuff they needed oh, to reshoot. Oh god! So maybe. <gasps> what if the stuff they shot involved him with a beard and long hair, and then the reshoots were the stuff with him after that? And it's like, oh, he actually has a mustache. But they should have just kept it. Uh, hey, I'm hey. Superman, and this is my mustache. I'm assuming there was some continuity problem that yeah. meant he couldn't have the mustache. Apparently, one of the reviews did mention that when he rocks up in the movie, like the sequence that brings him back, like reintroduces him, yeah. is very Superman. Now, I don't know what they mean by that. I don't know if they mean very DCEU Superman, in which case, oh, look, it's a mopey blue and red streak who doesn't want to be here. Or does it mean, oh, shit, that's kind of like the Superman we kind of wanted. Yeah. And if I'm so, it's the latter. is it too late? <laughs> this is his third outing. And is the fourth movie late? where he's mentioned. Is it too late? 
We shall see. We shall see. But, but there's also ooh. other kinds of turmoil oh my over God. the DC camp. Um, so we mentioned <laughs> earlier uh, <laughs> about sleazy people in Hollywood and all the stuff that's coming out. And rightfully so. Ladies feels, and gents, everyone's like a fucking there's, dead. There's a big change in the air at the moment of, of people being mm. able to turn around and point fingers at accusers who had to hide their stories for years or not been able to go public. And that is incredible to see mm. um it's it's horrible that it's taken this to get us to that point but it's wonderful to see people turning turning around and going actually no this wasn't right and this yeah. shouldn't have happened and i'm gonna point and i'm gonna you tell, using your position of yeah. power to do this to people for so many years and i'm gonna tell the world what a piece of shit you were mm. slash are mm-hmm. and so everyone knows and you know it's led to kevin spacey being dropped like a fucking Hot rock. What's your favourite like, Kevin Spacey uh, post post career apocalypse moment? Uh, Mine's his scenes in the Ridley Scott movie being completely reshot <laughs> within two <laughs> weeks with Christopher Plummer, which makes more sense because the character he was playing was older than he was anyway, and they had to spend like thousands yeah, on prosthetics. Yeah. When instead you could do something that Hollywood doesn't do properly usually, which is cast an actor and who suits the part. Ridley Scott wanted Christopher Plummer originally, yeah. but was forced to recast with Kevin Spacey by the studio because they wanted a star. Yeah, although apparently that studio was completely oblivious to all these allegations that have been flying around for years that I'd heard as a fucking mm-hmm. jobbing actor like second first hand fucking five years ago six years ago fucking hell so you know everyone knew Kevin Spacey was a fucking creep but anyway we're not talking about Spacey although there is that wonderful thing that meme that went around where people were like can we just like can we go back and edit every Kevin Spacey project and just put Christopher Plummer well, in they did it? it with the Oscar selfie yes oh <laughs> that was good that was good. And there was another one. What's that like mid 90s action film he was in with Samuel L. Jackson? Oh, God. And the poster's like really generic 90s action for like they're sort of both either side of a caption. It's all like washed out in orange. There's one where someone's oh, just like badly know. photoshopped plumber's face over spaces, but it's hilarious. There's also the one of, of <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow reveals what's in the box at the end of Seven, and it's just <laughs> Kevin Spacey's career. Ah! Nice. Um, um, but, but anyway, anyway we're not talking about Spacey. No, no. But, but again, like. Creepy, creepy fuck. Yeah. Um, creepy fuck over here, creepy fuck over there. We're talking about Brett Ratner. Creepy, creepy fuck. Now, we've known he's a fucking hack for years. Mm, Brett Ratner is sort of like a he's go-to a go-to director, fuck. isn't he? He's like a, a studio just goes, oh, fuck, we've, got this, we've got this action fleet, we don't really give a shit. Brett, you'll do it, won't you? And he's like, yeah, because he can do a competent job at directing a, a movie. Hack. But he's, oh, he's terrible. Yeah. The, movies aren't, I, the movies are never good, and he never, he never heightens what could be interesting in the material with his delivery yeah but he's a competent filmmaker in the sense that he makes the film and there it is look at it it moves it doesn't look like it's been slashed together it looks like it's all been done with intent just no flair no flavor no passion yeah and um it's because apparently all of his flair flavor and passion was being put elsewhere yeah so he so uh, a couple a few accusations have come out against brett ratner but the one that caught my eye was ellen pages oh um, that's horrible i think i think that's 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 nastier almost because it's not, it's not a physical attack. No, he was it was verbally it's, abusive, he was bullying. Yeah, um, he was um, teasing her about her sexuality before she'd even before well before she'd come out publicly and, and before she'd even come out um, to herself. As yeah. she says in the thing, she wasn't even sure um, about her own sexuality, and he was already teasing her for it, um, and just really unpleasant stuff. 
Yeah. And well, it's in front of other people yeah, as well. Like, it's, yeah. it's not even it's not even like a personal creepy little thing. It's a thing which is in front of other people. Sort of which, shaming her in front of the rest of the cast, which is absolutely fucking inexcusable. Which now makes me feel sad because I'm like, obviously okay, so it's X Men Last Stand pre production. Yeah, yeah. Um not everyone in that cast and um, we don't know who's in the room when these things were happening, but not everyone in that cast was like in an unbreakable position, but obviously some would have felt like they were in under pressured like, no no yeah, no, yeah. I need to keep doing this. Um, but it does make you feel slightly dirty about the cast of X-Men as well, in a way. Yeah. It's like, did no one say anything? Like, really? He but they, he was he was the new kid. Like, you could very easily have just been like, right, hang on, you don't do this. But that's neither here nor but there. It, like, it comes back to, like, the power dynamics of directors and studios. Oh, my God, I just realised as well. I just realised, like, the X-Men trilogy and some of the newer movies, all directed by sort of known offenders... Yeah, I haven't seen any accusations come out against Brian Singer recently, well, but I know they've come new out ones, before. But, yeah. but people have been typing yeah. them back up and going, here's another director-producer he was involved in who's now been revealed to have done some yeah. horrible shit. Him and Singer hung out all the time. Yeah. Like, in the same group, this this actor has come forward to talk about how he was invited to several do's with them, and each time one of them tried to get up on his like, Oh my god! Ah! Um... So basically, but yeah, but but Ratner fucking sleaze ball. Yeah. He's um, also he's a big his production company is a big investor in the DCEU. Yes, what they call they called something Dune, something Rat Rat uh, Dune, something like that. Something like that. I'll have, a, I'll have a quick gander. I'll have a um, quick uh, quick little look. So reportedly, what's happened? I've seen this reported a lot, but I haven't seen an official sort. Like, yeah, that is, it's it's very important by herself. Very important to, but, to 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 state. Yeah, they've not they've not confirmed this yeah. yet. But the Re- fact no one's come forward to deny it from Warner Brothers or whatever yeah. does kind of suggest, yeah, this is probably true. Reportedly, what's happened is that Gal Gadot is refusing to come back for Wonder Woman 2 until Brett Ratner is removed as producer from the franchise. Yeah. Um, if it is true, and like you say, the lack of a denial is curious, mm. um, then I think it's a really bold move from Gadot, and I think it's a really it's definitely the kind of thing that needs to start happening more with actors. I think the ball is a lot is in a lot of the male actors' courts. In terms yeah. of like they they them standing up and recognising, yeah, I'm in a position of privilege, so I should be able to turn around and say, actually no, this is the way it needs to be for everyone. Mm. Not just for the white dudes, the straight white dudes who get everything they want anyway. Like as a person of privilege, you have a duty to look after right others. Yeah, like I don't, want to, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be patronised. I don't want to be patronised about it. You have to, but you have, you do have a duty to to try and make things better for those less fortunate. Yeah. I say less fortunate, like being born with a different colour skin is at least a thing of like look. But no, no, it's a sort of a, yeah, a, yeah. a social and economic standing and yeah. things like that. If where like if you can if you can help people. Who don't have what you have, then you, you should. should do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see more actors do that again. If this is true, it hasn't been officially confirmed. Mm. Uh, the, the it's company been reported rather a lot. Yeah, the company, so. by the way, is Rat Pack Dune Entertainment. Rat Pack Dune, uh, of which Brian uh, Brian Singer, of which um, Brett Ratner is uh, like one of the owners of the company. Yeah. So essentially, what has been reported is Gal Gadot has said. I want a different company to work on this. Yeah. Like, you get rid of that company. They are not working on this movie. Um, or I don't I un- Yeah, I yeah. understand that that's going to put a lot of people out of jobs, but the I, the point is, I want to hurt him where he actually feels the effect in his wallet. Yeah, because he's, he's profiting from it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, 
<clears throat> it's it's based on the stories that have come out, like stuff like Natasha Henstridge back when she's been a runner on like a TV gig, yeah, and, yeah. and and he like sort of freaking a bit a, a common thing with all these creeps so far has been jerking off in front of people. Yeah, that, cause um, that, that came up with Louis C.K. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, one of the Brett Ratner ones is like she 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 was delivering something to his trailer as, as she was like she was either like an extra or a runner, but either way she was bringing yeah, it was yeah. earlier in her career and she was bringing stuff over. And she opens the trailer door, and apparently he was just stood there with a shrimp cocktail in one hand and his dick in the other. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, like, huh? What kind of life are these people living? I don't know, but that's it's a common thing. Weinstein jerking off into plant pots. Like, it, it just seems to be a thing. It's, ugh. But anyway, no. um, like, exhibitionism. Some people get off on that. This isn't exhibitionism. This is, I'm standing in a room whilst an unsuspecting person enters the room, and I'm jerking off. Ugh. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, she's basically gone like, he's got away with this shit for years. He obviously doesn't care. It's water off a duck's back for him. Yeah, yeah. So, Not I'll do the next best care, thing. I don't think. I'll do the next best thing. He's used his position of privilege to sexually assault and harass people. So, I'm going to take away the privilege. Yeah. This Wonder Woman 2 would definitely have been his company's like biggest grossing film I would have thought in so. the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. She's like, right, I'll take that away from him. Because there's the whole stuff with Brian Cranston this week has been saying like, is there a chance for forgiveness for these people? Yes. People have misinterpreted that as him being like, you know, don't be so hard on them guys. Yeah, yeah. I think what he's saying is, look, they're still human beings and eventually they're going to have to earn and live. So do we forgive them? Maybe not. But at the same time, we give them a li- we give them wiggle room to like do something. I think the point he should have made clearer because everyone's misinterpreted what he's saying. Yeah. But I kind of get what he's trying to say. The point he's saying is, like, let them go off and live a life. Keep an eye on them, but certainly don't let them get back into the position they had in the first place. Oh, absolutely not. Because that's the thing about this. It's like they've done some horrible shit, but they've done it through positions of power. So, like, Brett Ratner, if he wants to like take a tinier position in a comp in a production company. And be left the, like leave everyone the fuck alone and not be on film sets and not be dealing with actors and runners and everything and that and the other. Fair enough, because we'll never hear about him again. He'll earn yeah. money and he'll wallow in the self pity of oh shit, I ruined my shot of being like a big guy. But then do these because people even person. fucking care? Like Oh no, that's the thing, it seems like he doesn't give a fuck. No. So Godot's going, Alright, okay. Allegedly she's You're not gonna that. Well, like, yeah. like I haven't I haven't been able to find an official confirmation. I hope I hope it's true though. Um, I really do hope it's true. Uh Interestingly, as I was searching up the production company, the Times of Israel um, uh, had put up their review of uh, <laughs> oh god, put up their review of Justice League. And the headline is Wonder Woman can save the world, but not even Gal Gadot can save Justice League. Nice. So, <laughs> um, oh god. Well, uh, so, so that that's that's the that's the. Um, what do you call it? Gal Gadot side of things. So her future's in question. As, yeah, as but let, let's Woman. be honest. But her future is Wonder Woman's in question. But let's let's put it this way: if Warners know what's good for them, they'll sort that out. Oh yeah. Even if they don't, I don't think she's going to be short of any job offers oh, no, to be in starring roles. Rope. Like she's got star quality. And again, I, I rewatched Wonder Woman this week for the first time since since the cinema, and I stand by this. Like I don't think she's quite perfected her 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 craft yet. No. But when she works with with a director who like knows knows how to you know sort of, yeah, yeah. Sort of help her tell a story, she's phenomenal. So I want I want her journey to continue. I would like yeah. her and Patty Jenkins to work together one more time because I think Godot could be a really really fucking stellar actor. Oh yeah, 
She's got it in her. She's got the raw charisma. That's that's the thing. Do you know my favourite thing about rewatching the Blu-ray apart from the movie? We watched the outtakes. Yeah. They are the goofiest outtakes I've ever seen. And they look like they're having so much fun. Like, just yeah. so much fun. And there's just so many bits where she and Chris Pine are, like, throwing each other off slightly. And they just start giggling for a minute on end. <laughs> and it's like, you you are a pure fucking soul. Like, I want to see you do well. Charisma and chemistry. And it looks like... Yeah. But she's definitely... I mean, if this is true, what a genuinely pure soul. Because she's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking take a stand here. I'm in a position of power. And I'm going to use my position of power... To help other people. Although, of course, some people are coming and out and smack going, down a villain. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's standing up for, for women, but she won't stand up for Palestinians. But that's a whole Israel that's a, thing. Yeah. And I don't even want to get into that fucking mind. She's, she's, um, an, she's an actor in an industry where some shit's been happening in that industry and she's using her position possibly to do something about it. That's yeah. awesome. That's Wonder Woman, motherfucker. Um, but is Ben Affleck's journey going to continue? What, what, um, known sexual harasser Ben known Affleck? Known sexual harasser Ben Affleck? <sighs> Uh, has recently said in an interview that when it comes to playing Batman, it's not the kind of thing you do forever. I'm looking for a cool way to segue out of it. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Hey, Matt. Yeah. You remember uh, when Christian Bale was Batman, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? That was pretty cool. Yeah, 2005 to 2012. That was a pretty cool period. Do you remember remember when he kept saying, um, oh, you know, I'm looking for a cool way to get out of it? Oh, no, he, oh, he never did... Oh, okay. Oh. Hey, you remember when Michael Keaton was Batman, right? We're, oh, yeah, We were pretty yeah. little, but, you know, yeah, like, yeah. it was definitely there. Do you remember when he kept saying, oh, I can't wait to, can't wait to wrap up as... Oh, wait, no, that... No, that never happened. It never happened. happened. Hey, do you remember when Andrew Garfield was Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. And he was in some terrible Spider-Man movies. Yeah. But his passion for the character was so, like, apparent and clear that you could see he was fighting with every bit of his being to make sure that there were good stories for that character and that he would have fun playing it. I, do you remember when I he said, I can't that. wait to quit? Oh, no. Oh, wait. That didn't happen. Oh, even even he didn't say that, and he was up against a fucking brick wall. Oh, yes, he was. Um, Ben Affleck wants out of this so bad, doesn't he? He does. I think he's regretting every decision he's made since he signed on to BBS. Compare it Because his involvement in the Matt Reeves Batman film is now up in the air. Well, well, that's... Yeah, like, uh, last reports of that was that it was going to be set in this um, Elseworlds also solo Joker movie oh, set sort of thing where the Batman movies would be separate but there would also so the DCEU as we're still going to call it because they've not given us an official name the DCEU would just be contained to Justice League sequels Wonder Woman sequels and whatever Harley Suicide Squad stuff they had planned like that would be the DC and, Flash. and Aquaman, Aquaman's still Aquaman, Aquaman Aquaman's shooting them yeah so shooting them all, yeah. so those would be the DCEU yeah but alongside it, there would be a Joker origin movie. Awesome. The Matt Reeves Batman trilogy, which at one point was one film in the DCEU. Batman. Um, I wonder if Joe Magnello is still involved with that. Last I heard, he was talking about doing his own Deathstroke movie. Because, you know, yeah, that's a sensible decision. I don't know where the fuck Shazam's going to fall. Or the Black Adam movie. Oh, God. Well, apparently Black Adam's going to be in Suicide Squad 2. Of course he is. Which Brett Ratner is directing him. Of course. He, is he? Oh, my God. I believe he's in the director's chair for that. No, but of course Black Adam's going to be in Suicide Squad too, because the one thing everybody loved about Suicide Squad was how there was a giant supernatural villain. That's just fucking... Yeah, oh, for great. God's really sake. Really Ugh, just put it, I just put it on Twitter this morning. I said, the smartest thing they could do now is just make Wonder Woman sequels and every now and again just drop a solo film for another character. Yeah. 
Just that. Just do Wonder Woman sequel. Like, Wonder Woman movie this year, next year, Aquaman. Wonder Woman movie the year after, the next year, Flash. Like, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be brilliant. That, that'd be... Because then it's tolerable to a degree. Don't do anything, and I feel bad for Cavill, but, like, don't do anything involving Superman or Batman, and that way you can create your own new flavour for your universe. So dumb. What, like, Belanti... Also, Belanti's been accused of sexual harassment. Has he? Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. Um... Ugh. Have you watched anything of this year's output from those? No. I've, I've t- I think we're like seven or eight episodes into Flash now. I, I watched a bit of an episode of Flash, actually. It was fine. Uh, I don't even think my love for those fine. characters is enough for me to be interested this year. No. Because I don't want to see yet another year of, oh my god, the villain is a mirror version of yourself in some way, and to beat them, you've got to run faster than them. You've got to run faster, Barry. So, <sighs> but Affleck is looking to get out. He's looking to jump ship. And why shouldn't he? But he's wording it in like a way of, well, you know, I'm not going to play it forever, so it'd be really cool to duck, duck, duck out in some way, and la 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 la. It's just like... Well, there have been rumblings <sighs> of, of a Nightwing project, so it might yeah. tie into that, but we'll see. I would be fine if they just took a leaf out of the comics, and they kill off Bruce, or have him go away, and Dick Grayson takes up the mantle. Yeah. Because then, oh my god, if they actually keep to the books those movies would have to become a little more fun. Mm. Because I, Dick Grayson I, Batman I, is so much fun. I would like a Dick Batman. <laughs> what? You'd like, um, to, you'd like to do what? To I, I would like a Dick Grayson Batman. You've got a chunk of it there. Yeah, Bat- Batman and Robin. The, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. He needs a foil. And he yeah. needs a Robin. Mm. And he haven't even suggested the existence of Damian Wayne. No. I think Because I think what makes the Dick Grayson Batman so much fun mm. is his relationship with Damian. Yeah, I mean, you could find a way to to bring that in somehow. Like, even if it's not Damien, like you could have you could that do it kind with of. Tim, I guess. You could do it with Tim. You could do it with Barbara, in a way, like, or at least in the Oracle role, if they're going to oh, go yeah. that way. Oh yeah, is Barbara. that Joss Whedon Batgirl movie still happening? Oh no, that one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my god. DCE. What I love as well, like, is a couple of years ago. I think shortly, shortly before we started this podcast, I think yeah. it was when they did the Marvel did that thing where they just went. Here's the slate for the next four years. Yeah, it was just before we did this, I think. It was like a few months ago, yeah. and it was like, oh my god, that's amazing. Like, that's. They've got this all planned out. They announced, like, sort of six, seven, or eight definite movies in yeah. that slate. Only one of them has stopped. But, and it but it became into something t- else. Yeah, yeah. Inhumans was um, what it was toward the end of the release schedule. And instead, it became a TV, an IMAX pilot, the, well, an IMAX opener. Which everyone has expressed regret over since. Yeah. Um, and but, then but even so, it's like Homecoming got slotted in, and then some of the stuff moved back. But yeah. it's most that's mostly happened. But yeah, yeah, and it's and it's happening. And at no point have they said none of those aren't happening. Like what is slated for next year based on the Homecoming adjusted plan: Black Panther, Avengers: Infinity War, and Ant Man and the Wasp. What's yeah. coming out next year? Black Panther, Avengers: Infinity War, and Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, boom, there you go. We know what's coming out, yeah. and then there's going to be like a year's gap before the next one, which will be in sort of like April I time. Captain Marvel, after which that. is Captain Marvel, yeah. uh, Avengers uh, Four, Infinity whatever War the follow up is to Infinity War, Avengers again, and uh, a Spider and, and a Spider Man sequel. <laughs> uh, yeah, with Sony. Yeah. So we know that's coming out in 2019. What about the Morbius movie? Don't even. No, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. I just oh want to put my it out God. there. Sony, no. the new DC. Oh. No, no. Um, so, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it but, just seems like everyone playing catch-up with Marvel Studios is just not 
been able to get their shit together. Oh, it's, it's tr- tremendous. I mean, Dark Universe. Dark oh Universe yeah, is that's dead. falling apart. Yeah, that's that's dead. Um, not not buried, but dead. Dead. Um, it's just a rotting corpse on a back lot somewhere. Which is kind of appropriate, really, for yeah. the subject matter. Maybe but... they should make that the next movie. <laughs> Some resurrecting the, rotting, the Dark Universe. The rotting corpse of the Dark Universe. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, it's just, it's a clusterfuck, the whole thing. Do you know what I saw a trailer for yesterday? What's that? Sherlock Gnomes. Oh, for Do you know what Sherlock Gnomes is? Is it a sequel to Gnomeo and Juliet? It's a sequel to Gnomeo and Juliet! Yeah. So Nomeo and Juliet is a cinematic universe now. Fantastic. Like, what the fuck? Where are they going to go with that, though? What comes after Sherlock Gnomes? Um, oh, fuck. Uh, Nomeo must die? <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, I'd watch that. Um, oh, God. Fly away gnomes? <laughs> I'm just trying to think of gnome puns that fit in movies that are already Gnome Teen 84? Oh, Gnome Teen 84! <laughs> It's an, old, an Orwellian so greenhouse. Good. <laughs> so good. Where everyone's positioned on a specific shelf. Oh. Um, it's just, it's odd. The whole thing's odd as fuck. I think the only other studio that's tried to do the Marvel model where it hasn't been convoluted is Lego. Warner Bros. Animation. Because they're not a cinematic universe in a strict sense. They're not trying to make a cinematic no. universe. They're just it's one, it's one movie. It's one movie. Lego. One movie that could have been cynical as fuck and turned out to actually have a lot of heart and creativity behind it. And then every other Lego movie from that studio since, there are tiny suggestions that they're all taking place in yeah. the same basement. I mean, like, like that, that's that's it, basically. Like, Lego, ba- Lego Batman's got the whole, like, the thing clearly ca- the features and... the same Batman as the Lego movie. Yeah, and you see the Craggle yeah. and, and, and um, uh, Emmett in, in the, the news footage of, mm-hmm. like, what's apparently beneath us. But Ninjago and doesn't. Ninjago does have a big reference to it, apparently. The, the stuff with the kitten is oh. impl- implying that it's a big play set on a table. Oh, no, no, yeah, it's, it's yeah. got that like, sort of, like... And also, it's another, is, story, it's another story about fathers and sons reconciling. Yeah, but I, don't, is... but I don't think it's got any, like, overt references to no. either Lego Batman But that's or... how you do it. Like, it's just... If you're watching these movies... It, oh, what, what, how are they connected? They're all the same kid. They're all they're all, they're all a kid's play yeah. set. Okay. There we go. That's Sprinting. fine. That's all we need. You don't need to. You don't need to have a continuity network about it. And that's what Marvel was for its first year. Yeah. Like Iron Man Two was a weird placeholder. We're trying to emphasize that these are connect. That there's going to be a connection thing going. It was on a here. stepping stone. That. Yeah. yeah. But then, like Thor, does it in a way that it doesn't intrude. No. Like the only thing in Thor that doesn't really make sense in the context of its own movie is Hawkeye. You're like, so there's a guy with a bow and arrow is going to take him out. Who's that? Oh, they've moved on. But that was them going. We'll see you later. It's just, yeah, it's just a yeah. little tease. Um, Captain America, nothing. Uh, you just, you, you go, oh, oh, Howard Stark, that's Tony Stark's dad. Oh, that's kind of cool. But they don't make a thing of it. It's just no. he's a character in the movie. And then at the very end of the film, you go, oh, present day. And that's it. And then we got a team-up movie. And then everyone went off on their own merry way. And sometimes the stories rely on continuity. Sometimes they don't. I never overly so, I don't think. But they're also easy to follow. You know, you get him two sometimes three a year yeah and that's it like that's that's all you need to know I, th- I think this was this year the first year where it was three yeah yeah so. uh, next year is three as well mm. um, then the year after is possibly three if Spider-Man Homecoming sequel is that year so yeah it it's straightforward DC it looks like they've got basically a grab bag of things that they are in production on they just didn't have a plan the they only, don't have a plan the only ones that we think 
are actually going to happen, expanding last week, is Shazam's going to have to happen because they've just cast Billy Batson. Mm. So if you're shooting that, you've got to hurry up because you have a child star. He needs to shoot soon. Yeah. He needs to shoot now. So Shazam, Shazam's happening, yeah. as far as we can tell. Um, Wonder Woman 2 is happening, whether or not on time, will time will tell, based on that story, mm-hmm. whether it's true or not. Um... A Flash movie was in production. They announced Flashpoint at San Diego Comic-Con. They they said it's going to be about Flashpoint. That has now been brought up as, we're not sure what's going on with Flash. And Aquaman is shooting. So we've got Aquaman, Shazam, and possibly Wonder Woman 2 as the only genuinely confirmed these are definitely happening movies. And even Shazam, like, it's been cast, but until the cameras roll on that, I'm not, I'm going to... Because even Suicide Squad 2 became Gotham City Sirens and then became Harley and Joker and now is apparently Suicide Squad 2 but also a Harley and Joker movie as well. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. (gasps) Let's... You you know what, Matt? You're a Marvel shill. I am a Marvel shill. So let's, let's even the playing field, son. Okay. Let's talk about Justice League shit we actually like. Justice League, the TV show. And that was the end of our Justice League series. <laughs> like, so the Justice League is, you know, obviously different lineups throughout the years, but sort of the the, the, the core one tends to always centre around the Trinity, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. There's usually a Green Lantern, usually Martian Manhunter, um, usually uh, someone like Green Arrow or Flash. Cyborg um, wasn't a thing. Aquaman occasionally, and Hawkman or Hawkgirl. Cyborg wasn't a thing until the New 52. Yeah. He's always been a Teen Titan until the mm. New 52. And then they, they put him in the Justice League. I don't know why. Yeah, it's so boring. He's so dull. I was, I stand by that. He's The only place he's never been boring is the early 2000s Teen Titans cartoon. That's yeah. the only time Cyborg has been an interesting character. I mean, I mean, for me, I've not read a lot of Justice League. I've read a lot of books with Justice League characters in them. Hmm. But I've not read a lot of actual Justice League Um I've read, so, I've read a fair bit like, on the shelf there. I mean, I've read some, you know, all, like Elseworlds stuff, like Justice and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, there's a big chunk of the uh, Grant Morrison into Mark Way JLA run from the um, late nineties, early two thousands. Which I hear great things about. And it's, it's pretty on, like, good. Of stuff to read. I've just not got around. It's to pretty it. good. I hate the fact yeah. that the spines don't freaking match. But you know, <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. The first three do, and then they give up after that. That's, that's irritating. That's really annoying. And and I've I've read bits of Justice League where they've popped into other stories and stuff like the Scott Snyder Batman and there's yeah. bits of Justice League pop up in there. In fact, most notably in Endgame when they're all jokerized and beating the <laughs> shit out of Bruce. Yep. That's pretty cool. But I, I, I'd say aside from maybe like Injustice and stuff like that the Justice League we're most familiar with is the DCAU. Yeah. Which is Justice League the Animated Series and Justice League Unlimited. Which that, and is that explicitly in continuity with the Batman and Superman animated yeah. series. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the, the DCAU is Batman the Animated Series slash uh, the new Batman and Robin Adventures. Yeah. Superman the Animated Series, Justice League the Animated Series, Justice League Unlimited, and Batman Beyond. They're the... Uh... Oh, oh, and Static Shock. Oh, yeah. That, that wasn't explicitly part of it, but then they did a crossover episode with um, Batman. Uh, Batman had stopped by this point, but they did yeah. an episode with the Joker and Batman in it. Because why not? And I think Static appeared uh, in a Justice League story as well. And toward the, toward made, the end of JLU. He was made part of the DC Universe proper in the New 52 as well. Yeah. So they... Because they, they again, they, they brought him in in um, uh, Young Justice as well. He's in Young Justice. Ah, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, cool. So, so, you know, it's like, so, so those um, those sort of five and a bit shows are the, the DC AU. That Justice League was wonderful. I mean, these were the guys who'd worked on Superman the Animated Series and Batman the Animated yeah, Series. Yeah. 
playing with a with a more cosmic toy box. Like Batman's the dark Max uh, Max Fleischer uh, mixed with noir kind of cartoon style. Yeah. Small stories set within Gotham. It was actually kind of exciting when they went globetrotting, like in the Rachel Gould story yeah. and things like that. It was yeah. like, oh, big deal. This is kind of cool. And there are a couple of stories in the last series, the Batman and Robin series, um, set in Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Um, Superman the Animated Series is mostly set in Metropolis, but Alien Worlds play into it as well. Yep. Justice League and Justice League Unlimited was the DCAU going, okay, bring them all in. Well, just Bring League, everybody in. Because the Justice League, see, the first two seasons, which are just, which are just Justice League, yeah. is definitely those, those core characters and it's multi-part stories. Yeah. Who is it? It's um, uh, the John Stewart Green Lantern. It's John Stewart Green Lantern, Batman uh, Superman, Batman Barry Superman, Allen Flash. Barry Allen Flash. Oh, no, is it no, Barry Allen? No, no it's, it's Wally. It's Wally, it's Wally West. West Flash. Wally West Flash. Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter. Yeah. And, and Hawk Girl. Hawk Girl. Yeah. Who is freaking amazing? Hawkgirl yeah. and Green Lantern, really sort of great. like on off, and then just straight up romance is yeah. freaking awesome. Um, and Wally West is a very good Flash. Though. Wally West is great. Oh <laughs> my god! Um, a Wally West that is sort of they're taking cues from Barry Allen a bit in it, aren't they? Because because yeah, yeah. the idea is that like yeah, this is this is just the Flash, um, but we're basing it on the current one in the comics. So which at the time was what? Well, yeah, Wally yeah. West. Um, oh Wally West, see. Um, it's a great show, and it just again, it's cosmic stuff. It's smaller things. I mean, one of my favorite ones isn't even a, isn't even a Justice League sort of level threat so much as like one superhero could deal with it, but it gets out of hand. It's the one with the um, the Royal Flush Gang, which in which in Justice League was sort of the the ones with fucked up abilities and stuff, yeah, yeah. including uh, is it Ace, who she's like telekinetic and yeah, really screwed with. Um, it's the Joker plants a shit ton of bombs around Las Vegas, hacks all of the TV networks. And basically showing off like, okay, so I'm going to blow up like <laughs> these, these 20 places throughout Las Vegas. Um, if it all goes off, the entirety of the city is going to be wiped out. Guarding the bombs right up until the end of the ticker as the Royal Flush Gang. Yeah, yeah. Who he's basically sort of like convinced to, to help him out. Because he's liberated them from the place where they're being experimented on. So they're like, yeah, he wants to take care of us. And it's like, he's the Joker. He really does not want to take yeah. care of you. Yeah. Um, and and basically the Justice League are separated to try. But it's one of those things where it's like, Superman's like, I could deal with those, but I won't be able to get to those ones in time. Yeah. It's like, right, yeah. well, we'll split up. And it's, Which I mean, is one of, the, it's one, of the, it's one of the ways you can get one over on Superman and not have yeah. to, those. Yeah. I think it's most of the Justice League. It's not all of them. But it's most of the JLA in this story. Like, yeah. it's a good, like, five or six of them. Um and it's great like it's really it's mental and it's got a scary ass ending um, with Ace turning on, on the Joker at the last minute and stuff and it's just like there's some pretty, oh, good, there's some pretty like high level stuff in those Justice League cartoons. I mean the first three parter is the, is the White Martian invasion yeah um, fuck, I've got them over there I've got because um, the DVDs of full seasons never come out in the UK no we got uh, we got it on Amazon Prime yeah it's all on Amazon uh, Prime that and, and Unlimited and most of Batman but not Superman yeah uh, Starcrossed is the first story isn't it no the Brave and the Bold yeah Brave and the Bold and Starcrossed I think was their like Starro story and everything and Secret Origins as well was like uh, the episodes that detail like some of the origins of the characters who didn't have their own shows and yeah. things like that because um, that's the thing Justice League is about pretty much it's, it's sort of pretty much at first about Batman Wonder Woman and Superman to sort of bring you into that world mm-hmm. uh, with Martian Manhunter is almost you're like the, the reason the story begins 
And then Justice League Unlimited is the one where it's like, right, we're going to put much more focus now on Flash, Green Lantern, Hawk Girl. And also, we're going to bring in, like, Mother of Truckers, like, The Question. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, we're just going to start bringing in these random heroes well, that, was, that, yeah, that mainstream yeah, audiences yeah. don't know much about. It was that, it was that rotating lineup kind yeah. of thing. And you got you got more spotlight episodes. Um, and to sort of... And sort of keep people interested who might be like oh I don't care about these people they'd be like alright this is when we're going to bring in Lex Luthor mm-hmm. and this is when the threat's going to be like Rachel Gould and you sort of go well I thought I didn't care but like now there's that villain I know I'll, I'll check it out and of course you leave the story going oh I really like those characters the Atomic Skull yeah oh my god they, <laughs> they go nuts in, in I mean Grodd features so much yeah yeah well, in the JL he's, stuff he's got his own three power in the first season yeah. I think. oh god <laughs> I mean it's still the best version of Grodd's Brave and the Bold but yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, like that's the Justice League I know and love. Like that's the one I really, yeah, really yeah. enjoy. And if the movie can capture even a bit of that, then I might have a good time. But I hope so. We'll see. I hope so. Well, I'll see. Let's see about emails. Let's see about emails. Let's yeah, use our um, eyes to gander at them. Ooh, mince. First one comes in from a person. Dan Rawlings! Um, Dan Rawlings, a man who's called Dan Rawlings. Are we getting an update on the Dear David situation anytime soon? <laughs> uh, yes, there have Very been... Very briefly. There, Very have briefly been, there have been developments in Dear David, uh, but I'm going to I'm going to save it probably for next week's episode, actually, uh, if not the week after, because there's quite a bit. And also quite a bit has happened with Dear David. Please, Matt, don't look into any okay, of it. I want you to sit there and shit yourself. Um, if we don't finish this podcast, I'm going to do that very soon. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I cannot, I, I'm, I, I'm smelling it in anticipation. Oh, yeah. But don't worry. Yeah, I'll, I'll be doing a roundup. Of course, if you want to check it out for yourself, uh, Adam Ellis on Twitter. Let me double check his name, uh, his handle, so you can have a look at it. But it's it's freaky, man. It's freaky. Still no update from the little girl from the third dream, which annoys me. Um, Moby underscore dickhead is his name. Moby dickhead. Love Moby it. dickhead. Um, uh, give him a check. If you had to wear one of the Doctor's outfits every day for a month, which one would you all choose? You can't say Eccleston, by the way. No, I, 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 mean, I used to kind of wear that all the time. Anyway, I, was yeah. used, to wear, I used to just wear just like long sleeve t-shirts and, and a leather jacket. Um, so after what was it? Those conditions. Have to you wear have to wear month. one of the Doctor's outfits every day for a month. Which one? Tenant. Ooh. Next question. Ten- oh, which 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 one? Blue or brown? Blue. Blue. Ooh, snazzy. Yeah, some red cons. Um. I'm going to say Capaldi's because I kind of wear that anyway. And also no one will be coming up to you going, why are you cosplaying Doctor Who? Yeah. You fucking nerd. Like, I've, I've been, I've been, I've been, I think you've been doing this as well. You tend to do it with sort of like leather, uh, not leather, but yeah, like leather jackets and stuff, but like, yeah. like denim jackets. You've always worn a hood under a coat. I've always worn a hoodie under a coat. I've yeah, been wearing yeah. a hood under a coat for years. And I, when he first started doing it in Series 9, I remember being like, oh God, people are going to be like, oh, you're doing it because Doctor Who does. No, no, oh no. God. I've done it for years. So, Capaldi, because I'd look no different from what I normally do when I'm shopping. Yeah. Bam, <laughs> the hair. Um, oh, the hair's amazing. I have only watched what The Lord of the Rings trilogy once, <laughs> and I don't remember being, there being a non-white principal character at all. Am I just forgetting someone because it's been so long since I've watched it? Thank you. Uh, you are what a weird me. question to pose to two people in a podcast that you could find the answer by Googling. You are not wrong. I don't believe there are any any uh, people of colour in, in the principal cast. Um, it's That's a very problem. true. Yeah. It's a problem that story has, hands down. Um, it's a problem they try to address in The Hobbit in terms of like making it less male-centric by introducing Tauriel, um, which was terrible. 
Um, it's that's... not that, not that they did it, but just the execution and the actual storytelling was hindered yeah. by this sort of extra element. That it's just it's, yeah, yeah. It was, and the fact that they're trying get, to expand the story. I get the idea behind it, but it was just very poorly executed. Um, it was, you know, no, that's a flaw with that story, straight up. There's like, less, there's less performers of color than in a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. All, all the, all the name a Tim Burton movie where any big named character is black, for example. Batman, maybe. Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent is, is, a, is a background character at best. Yeah. Um, nope. I'm not implying anything from Tim Burton. It's just an odd trend that's become very noticeable. There's the Umpa Lumpers in Charlie the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, Deep Roy. Yeah, yeah. But that's still just one performer multiplied, multiplied many times. Multiplied many times. And also, un- unfortunate implications of colonialism and slavery. Um, oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. That is a, like, that's straight. Do you think that we'll see this addressed at all in the upcoming Lord of the Rings TV series? Do you think that I think that will have a similar problem of being a very white male cast? Amazon, right? Amazon are doing I it. I think yeah. if Amazon are clever, they will they will find a way. It is yeah. the, here's the thing about diversity in film. It's important to have, but it's important not to force. Yeah. So keep in mind that, you know, you should be showing off like a range of talents from around the world. Like again, forgetting just simply color of skin, nationality and everything. Yeah, you should be showing a range of talents gender, from around the world. All that stuff. But at the same time, if that's your main reason for casting a person in a role, that's the wrong reason for doing it. You kind of have to find the happy medium. Don't favour one nationality or race over everyone. Yeah. But at the same time, like, don't exclude... It's it's a weird one. It's it is a, a strange Diversity one. is important, but if you're forcing diversity... Um, it shows. It shows, uh, yeah. and it, it can feel disingenuous. And it also feels disingenuous almost to the actor who's been put in the role. Because it's like, are they just there not because you like what they're doing... But because of the colour of their skin, yeah, um, it's it's an odd one and something that I suppose neither of us really personally have ever had to deal with within professional well, careers. Yeah. I mean, we're, again, we're, we're people from a position of relative privilege, so. It's, but it's at, the, at the same time, it's like you can see it and you sort of go. Uh. So here's how they do it: just make sure your cast aren't all white. Yeah, yeah. However, you do that, that's fine. Don't cast people. Who aren't white just because they aren't white? Yeah, have a colorblind casting policy. Yes, that boomting. There it is. But you know, um, but it's. I guess it's harder in something like Lord of the Rings. Where, well, you can turn around and say Lord of the Rings is based on you know medieval Europe, so there was less people coming. Well, yeah, but it isn't though because it's a fucking it, fantasy story. Yeah, it's like, based on medieval Europe. It isn't medieval Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a fucking fantasy story. You can you can make it you can make it work. Well, rather. Um, what the fuck is... Why is there an Amazon prequel TV series to Lord of the Ring? I'm guessing it's going to be set in the movie universe. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm going to have to wait for some more information to come out on that before we talk about it, because I don't even know what the f- what they're going to do with that. It's Amazon going, Game of Thrones is wrapping up. We should uh, get, some of that, get some of that fantasy pie. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Ginger uh, Luke. Ginger Luke. Ginger Luke. Apologising for not having emailed in a while because of Disneyland and, and homework and, and lots of films. I think Disneyland is a valid reason yeah. to not get yeah. in touch with a podcast, mate. And also, you don't need to apologise to us. You're under an obligation, but uh, yeah. we always like to hear from you. Um, Although, that being said, do pay us your protection money. Yes. <laughs> um, you wouldn't want anything bad to happen to this place, see? So, I'm going to quick fire <laughs> some films at you because he wants to know whether we've seen them and thoughts we have. Oh, okay. And rate and rate them out of 10. 
Uh, rating out of 10? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. You ready? Is that, is that, can we rate them even if we haven't seen them? Uh, I, you could try. Okay. Um, analyse this. Analyse what? I, uh, yeah. Oh, the film. Oh, is that the one with Jack Nicholson and Adam Sandler? Know. I've not seen it. No, that's anger management. Is it? Analyze this is for some reason in my head I've got it that it's also Jack Nicholson. I don't know. Probably Maybe. is. Haven't seen it. Haven't uh, seen it. Ten out of ten. Um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. You know I've never seen it. I've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's fucking great. Is it Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer? Is it that yes. one? Yes. I've seen some of it then. It's really good. Uh, ten out of ten. Best movie ever. Yeah. Uh, Oh, nine out of ten. Alright. Um, <laughs> ice Princess because Michelle Trachtenberg. Don't even know. I, I'm Don't aware know. it's an ice skating movie with yeah. Michelle Trachtenberg. Um, as much as I love Michelle Trachtenberg, I haven't seen it. Ten out of ten. Best movie ever. The producers, both versions. Okay. Um, the 2004 movie, Bag of Shit. <laughs> oh, no, no, but like, it, it's directed by the by whoever directed it on stage, the, bro- the initial Broadway version. Really? Yeah, and it's directed like that. Oh. So there are pauses in the edit and everything for applause. And there are held shots. Like at the end of Betrayed, Nathan uh, Lane holds like the pose at the end of the camera. And it's there for like a good five or six seconds before it cuts to the next thing. It's really odd. Also... So it's more like a pro shot on a set rather than a yeah. actual film adaptation. On stage, much funnier than on film. And some of that's down to the casting as well. Will Ferrell yeah. can be very funny, but he does not work in that movie. No. Um, no, no. Matthew Broderick is apparently a phenomenal Broadway performer. I've never seen him on Broadway, but I've seen him do one of his Broadway roles on film in that, and he's terrible. So, <laughs> that's weird. Um, uh, so I'll say, I'll say this. Do you know what they should have done? They should have just filmed a performance and released it theatrically. And that would have that would have... Do you know what I mean? That would have got the point across and you would have had the audience vibe and it would have been a concert film, basically, but a theatrical release of a theatre piece. Um, uh, uh, two out of ten. Uh, the two, uh, only you only get that one for each of Uma Thurman's legs. Um, the original movie, non-sarcastically, all of the tens, because the producers, the original flick is amazing. It's absolutely brilliant. It's proper creepy, weird farce. Like, it's silly, it's show-tuned, it's really, really close to the frickin' line gags about the Nazis, and just, it's it's great. It's absolutely great. I've never seen either, but if I was to choose one, I would probably choose the original. You've never seen them? No. Well, I know what you're leaving with today. Oh, my God. Don't. Yes, Don't. do! A thousand times! Um, the producers is amazing! Heathers. It's Gene, one of Gene Wilder's best performances. Heathers. Uh, not sure what it is. It's a, um... Uh, what's his name? <laughs> John. J- John? John Waters? Hello. No. Hughes. John Hughes. Uh, not seen Heathers. Have you seen, seen Heathers? Heathers? Not seen Heathers. 10 out of 10. Okay. Uh, the Great Outdoors. Don't know, don't know what that is. No, I've not seen that. I've heard of it, but no. Uh, 10 out of 10. Attack the Block. Yeah, oh, um, definitely uh, 10 out of 10. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's pretty damn sweet. Yeah. Um, sci-fi nerds, if you want to watch uh, the, the Doctor and, and a Stormtrooper take on aliens in a block of flats... Um, directed by Scornballs, then you need to watch it. Yeah. It's really good. Spaceballs. Um, I loves me some Mel Brooks, I as I have just sort of given with, I don't with think the producers. Aged well, Spaceballs is odd. Spaceballs is like, um, do you know? It's like it, Spaceballs is like um, uh, you, you go out for a meal, 
and you have a curry. Yeah. And you have an absolutely delicious curry. I've never had a curry. And then you want to sort of recapture it. Like, you, you know, the next day you're like, oh God, I enjoyed that curry so much. I just want curry again. I want another curry. So in your lunch break, you pop to Sainsbury's and you get a microwavable curry. And you make the microwavable yeah. curry and it hits a spot and it sort of makes you think a bit about last night. But it's obviously not as good, but yeah, it's what it is. That's Spaceballs to Star Wars. Mm. Like, Spaceballs is basically just a weird love letter slash piss take of then blockbuster cinema. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So there's some really fun stuff in it, especially uh, John Candy as Barf. Well, yeah. He's great. I mean, John Candy. Just John Candy. Anyway. John Candy. A bit, and Bill Pullman as Lone Star uh, is great. Rick Moranis steals the movie as Dark Helmet. Yeah. Because um, it's just weird to watch him playing a villain. And, yeah. and it's just a lot of fun to watch. Um it's not brilliant. Like it's it's. I love Robin Hood Men in Tights, but the last three Mel Brooks movies, last three proper ones, were Spaceballs, Robin Hood Men in Tights, and Dracula Dead and Loving It. They are his least good films. Robin Hood Men in Tights is pretty great, though. I love it, but it is terrible. Yeah, like it is bad. Um, <laughs> it's saved by like the sheriff's performance and Carrie was his accent. <laughs> Why should the people believe you? Because unlike most other Robin Hoods, I speak with an English accent. <laughs> I mean, a lot of things have been saved by Carrie Elwes in his career. It's very true. In fact, all three of those movies are, are are sort of parodies of specific other films. Yeah. Spaceballs is Star Wars, Robin Hood Men in Tights is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Dracula Den Loving It is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Um, Which they, I love. They're not his highlights. It's almost a parody of itself. Like, you don't need yeah. to parody. I, I, I was say, I know where the bastard sleeps. Um, I, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I really love Bram Stoker's Dracula, but it is not necessarily great. I know they take the piss out of, of bad accents in that movie through Mel Brooks's Van Helsing in Dracula the Dead and Loving It. Was it what happened if they bite her? She will become one horses. <laughs> what? <laughs> she will become one horses. It's like, what? Uh, it's just like his Mel Brooks pretending to be Anthony Hopkins for some reason. Sure. It was Hopkins, wasn't it? In Bram Stoker. Yeah, yeah. It was Van Helsing, yeah. Sir Anthony um, Hopkins. Spaceballs is fun, but it's really not It's really not reflective of the best Brooks has to offer. It's a good 6 out of 10. It's a fun, stupid movie. May the Schwartz be with you. Uh, is there one more? Yes. The, enti- the entire skit about merchandising is great. <laughs> Caddyshack. I've never seen Caddyshack. I've never seen Caddyshack. Um, but as like a... Uh, you know, Bill Murray fan, and was was Harold Ramis in Caddyshack? I'm not sure. It's a no, movie, Stripes. Right? I'm thinking of, isn't it? Stripes was the one that yeah, they were in. Um, I do want to. I do want to watch it. Um, you know, humming and humming and humming and humming and all that shit. I, Ronnie Dangerfield's in Caddyshack, isn't he? Uh, probably. That's always weird we'll to, to watch. Ronnie Dangerfield. Ten out of ten. Hey. Well, uh, well <laughs> <laughs> next week on Big Dumb Cast, we hold a séance to bring back Ronnie Dangerfield. Get the spirit board. <laughs> We don't have the Tasbro license. Get the spooky board. Um, the spooky board. Um, last Did one. Is still mid bed. Last one comes in from Guy Grist. Hi, Guy Grist. Uh, hello, Chris Matt. Thanks for answering my question. It's really surreal having someone else read one's email. I'm sure, I'll get used to it. That's, yeah, don't worry, that's what we do. Um, Imagine if we did it again. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Uh, Chris, your end up about Terry Pratchett was very touching. Thank you for sharing it. Thanks. I, I, it was one of those things that was just locked in my brain until yeah. we talked about. it. I was like, I, oh my God! I never happened. heard that story. I know. It was, um, it was. It was a nice little sort of wake up. I got, I got I'm a very work, forgetful man. I got into his work uh, much later <laughs> in life and didn't get a chance to meet him before his untimely death. I also didn't. Sadly, uh, Matt 
I really tried to be open-minded about Star Trek Discovery. I really wanted to like it. There's been no Star Trek since 2005. We desperately need an optimistic vision of the future, considering the current political climate we live in at the moment, which is very true. Unfortunately, I felt the optimism I was looking for was completely absent and was getting really distracted by the fact that camera wouldn't stay still for more than five seconds. <laughs> I think that's more modern TV than anything else. Yeah. Like, um, glad you finally enjoyed me yeah, something yeah. I couldn't and hope you continue to enjoy it in the future. I intend to. Um, and I got to mention in my last email that Star Trek Voyager is my favourite. That's mostly because I grew up with it and it's become a nostalgic happy place to go back from time to time and just put on a random episode for or two to escape just for a bit. I was wondering what some of your nostalgic happy places are. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, Lois and Clark. Batman the Animated Series. Mm, yeah. Um, Fresh Prince Bel-Air is one for me. Uh, the B- the BBC Two yeah, afternoons, the Star Trek yeah. like line Star Trek Next Generation, Next Generation yeah. for that in a way. Um, Red Dwarf because yeah. I I used to I used yeah. to like that was the one thing during the my pocket money era uh, that I was I'd make sure that when it came out I bought it on the day of release was when the DVDs were starting to come out over over the course of a few years. The the old original Transformers cartoon. Which is terrible, but I it's it's, it's a nostalgic happy place, you know. It's not supposed to be. It's not. It doesn't need to be good. Um, apart from that movie, though, that movie's fucking awesome. Um, anything else? Uh, Trying to anything specific. Um, <clears throat> a lot of it is sort of stuff I grew up with in my teens that I revisit now, just sort of thingy. But I guess I like revisiting X Files, but I wouldn't call that a happy place. <laughs> no, oh, Disney Renaissance films. The nineties yes. Disney stuff. Yeah. Yes, of course. That's a bit that's a big one yeah. for me. Um singing along to it as well, the soundtracks sort of take me to my happy place. If I'm if I've got a long walk or somewhere from walking home at night mm. and everything, I'm just not you know, I'm sort of in that uh, kind of mood. Whack on whack on a Disney playlist and uh, listen to the nineties soundtracks. The original Star Wars trilogy for me. Because I had them on yeah. I used to have them <clears throat> taped off when they got shown at Christmas. Oh, um, is that how you used to watch on them? ITV. So it had the the little scrolling um, charity appeal thing that came up on the bottom of the screen every now and again. Oh, and God, of course, dude. it had been cut for commercial breaks, but I, the recording had been paused. So yeah, um, but yeah, we uh, that's that's how I had. Dude, I had, that's I had so cool. I had a proper VHS of Star Wars. Yeah, but was that the, the blue had, one with the red writing? So the uh, only... No, it was the one before that. Oh, the late eighties yeah, release. Like, yeah, with the the silver case with the the old style poster on the front. Um, I did again. I did later get the the new one, yeah. And then after that, because they were the re-releases that coincided with the cinematic re-releases in the nineties, weren't they? No, that was the special edition, which I've got out there. Yeah, the gold gold box, which was inside a a slipcase that made a fart noise whenever you closed it. They were re-released on (laughs) on VHS before that, and then when they were re-released in the cinema, it was the special editions. So they re-released the special editions on VHS. That was it, and Um, oh, because all the Disney movies in the early nineties had adverts for Star Wars on them. It was Fox yeah. and Disney films. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it was the ones where it was like, your last chance, get it now, before they're gone. Dun-dun-dun. And it's always like, oh shit. Yeah. And that was the VHS yeah. re-releases of the original cuts. And how little did we know? They meant it. Yeah. <laughs> like, they meant yeah. it. After that, we were never getting those versions yeah. again. Well, I think getting the theatrical cuts out there <laughs> was one of the reasons Disney were looking to buy Fox. Yeah. Because Fox still had the distribution rights for those first for that original trilogy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember, I, I remember they were advertised on on Disney on Disney videos, but I think that might have been that was way do, back though. That might have been to do with like the 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 park tie-ins and things like that. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, what else have we gone? Um, so the new Doctor's costume feels me like to produce from a bunch of charity shop bins. It seems <laughs> with each announcement about the series, I'm finding myself less and less interested in it. Oh, oh well, at least I've got my classic series DVDs, and I still love Paradise Towers. 
<laughs> I, I love how everything you were saying we were like, oh, it's a shame. Well, you know, I did- oh, all right. Um, <laughs> I, I have a soft spot for Paradise Tower. It's actually. so stupid. Um, oh, oh, Sylvester, in that question mark pullover. Perfect. Um, well, I think we've shared our thoughts on the costume, but yeah, I, I hope, I hope you it. do. I hope you do check out the first episode of, yeah. of the new series when it comes out, and I hope it does. I hope there's something there that makes you go, "Oh, okay." Do you know what? I like this. It can always um, get better. That's true. Doesn't mean it will. Yeah, but it can. Um, <laughs> Much like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, finally, I was wondering what your thoughts on June and its associated universe. The first book is oh. one of my favourite novels, not so keen on the sequels and endless prequels. Anyway, keep up the good work. Regards, Guy. Um, I think Guy is comic book girl 19 in disguise trying to plug some leftover June boxes. Um, I have never seen June or read June. I've only seen pictures from the David Lynch version. I've never <laughs> watched it. Um, I've seen some of the movie. I hear June 2000 is a really sick strategy game. If for like early nineties real time strategy games, um, I, I read I read June when I was thirteen. Is it any good? Very heavy read for a thirteen year old. I imagine it's quite. I recall finding it to be a bit of a slog, but not because I wasn't enjoying it, more because I was thirteen and it was a very big book. <laughs> like, I had a thing like in my mid teens where like if if I was still reading it after about four weeks, I was like, oh my god, what is going on? Because I was such an avid reader in like the evenings, I'd, I'd spend yeah, like at least yeah. an hour every weeknight reading. And I was, I was like, uh, so I'm gonna have to revisit it, but I do recall enjoying it. Like there was stuff I dug. Yeah. Um, my favorite bit in June is when uh, one of the things pops up in Beetlejuice. That's not. I'm damn no, facetious. No. Um, um, but yeah, no, I yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Tell you what, there's a homework assignment for you and me. Some point next year, we'll have to have done enough homework to talk about June for an episode. Well, um, add it to the list. Terry Pratchett. Apparently, that's that's, that's Denny Villeneuve's next project. So, really, yeah. after Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I'm like, I think yes, so. please. So yeah. that might be interesting. Oh God, playing well. I mean, his, the way he plays with landscapes. Yeah, that'd be gorgeous. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Will Sting be involved? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Fair enough. He'll get him back for a. He'll be. He'll be revealed in the first trailer. Um. Patrick Stewart's in the original movie as well somewhere no, like we're talking right. early days hey, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart's in Life Force like nothing surprises me anymore he is he gets a, uh, a steamy gay vampire kiss Life Force is so good <laughs> by which I mean it's fucking terrible <laughs> are they doing that again I hope not like it's either a sequel or a, or a like a TV series based on it or something I don't want to speak ill of the dead in, in terms of the late Toby Hooper but he was not a very good director no, no he was not Despite despite Texas Chainsaw Massacre being a classic and Poltergeist being a classic, mainly because Spielberg actually directed most of it, but don't tell anyone. Um, yeah, I think um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was probably a fluke. It probably was. I say that as a man who, on the shelf behind me, there is a three disc uh, Steelbook DVD version of. <laughs> Even I'm like, this, this movie was a mistake. Uh. <laughs> Speaking of mistakes. You've been listening to Big Damn Cast. <laughs> poor, poor soul. If you want to get in touch with us during the week, you know how to do it. BigDamnContact at gmail.com. That's, that's the one. If you manage to see Justice League sometime before uh, the weekend of the, the uh, 17th through to 19th. Yeah, we'll be recording the Justice League at 18th or 19th. Yeah, it's going to be quite another record, so get your uh, get your reviews into us. If not, fear not. If you get them in after that, we'll do a roundup of reviews as well the week after, should you want to send us one. Uh, of course, you can tweet us any time. Editor, come back! 
anytime. Literally anytime. That's my weekly tip. You're only to read it anytime. Yeah. Because we sleep. There. But you can tweet us anytime. You might sleep. I bleed. <laughs> God. Um, you we have such sites to show you. Oh, uh, so that's, that's at, for a future podcast. Oh, it is on. indeed. At, we'll uh, put a pin in that one. Hey! At Big Damn Cast hey! on Twitter. And of course, you can watch our nonsenses throughout the week, including brand new adventures in backlogging. What is your current game, good uh, sir? currently playing Ico. What the, the fuck's HDB Ico? Master. Good question. <laughs> Played an hour and a half of it, and I still haven't worked it out. Fair enough. Sounds about right. Um, I'm going to try and get a couple of uh, Chris plays out as well while I'm in Lincoln. Um, this is the last time we're recording a podcast uh, this this side of the year face in the same face. room. Yeah, yeah. Until 2018. Should we should we end it by making out? I'm going to leave. What? And never come back. What? What? No. No, get away from me with that. Come on, just... I am not wearing that. Just a little peck. I am not wearing it. Through the hole. No. Through the hole on... Come on. No. It's perfect. Ah. It'll bulge. Stick it.